You're a wizard, Harry. It does not do to dwell on dreams and forget to live. I can tell you how to bottle fame, brew glory, and even put a stopper in death. It takes a great deal of bravery to stand up to your enemies, but a great deal more to stand up to your friends. Hey everyone, welcome to Hogwarts, a podcast. Hey everyone, welcome to Hogwarts, a podcast. I'm Dan, we have Anna back again. I promise eventually I will let him have other guest speakers. I promise. Maybe. Maybe not. Uh, We'll see if she relinquishes her her spot. Uh, But today we're talking about Chapter 5. Let's see if I can pronounce this right and not like Harry in a flu network uh, spot. Diagon Alley. Oh, good job. Thank you. Thank you. Um, It's a big chapter. It's one of the most fantastical chapters um, fantastical is a good word that just kind of lets your imagination kind of run wild um, for the first time in the book uh, first time in the series so it's one of my favorite chapters um, for sure in this book and um, yeah there's there's just a lot to discuss um, starting off with them finding the leaky cauldron uh, yes. which is always kind of a cool thing to read, and, and you know most people wouldn't think so, but I like the idea of Harry kind of discovering like I see this, but it's hard to see this. Other but people do other don't people... seem to see it. Yeah, am I special? It's an interesting kind of take, and it's a very small detail of the whole chapter, yes. uh, especially with what else is in this chapter. <laughs> but it's, it's like one of the first ones, and I just kind of like, oh, that's really neat and interesting, and. Um, also, don't you just kind of wish you could hang out at the Leaky Cauldron? You can in Orlando. No. <laughs> uh, funny. Not the same. It, it's not the same. It's very much not the same. Um, there's not a creepy bartender named Tom <laughs> greeting you, but... Uh, um, but... <laughs> Such a shame. Love those creepy bartenders. I'm going to leave that alone. And we're moving on to... Uh, yeah, but Harry... Walks into this bar, which is an 11-year-old kid walking into a bar mm. or pub. Um, Better when you think about the fact that they're in prison. True. Um, but he walks into this pub and immediately just swarms of attention. Yeah. I mean, he was getting attention going to the pub anyway, because he's walking with a he massive did. human being. Of course. Uh, or a massive man. Um, but he walks into this bar and just gets pelted with oh my goodness, it's so great to meet you, it's an honor, it's, oh my gosh, you remember me from however long ago it was since I tipped my top hat to you, Mr. <laughs> Diggle. Um, the best. So, he's getting a lot of play in these early chapters. He really is, and then he'll disappear for a long time. But we love him. Yes. Um, but, yeah, the Leaky Cauldron is always an interesting spot, especially since you meet one of Harry's professors for the first time. Yes. Uh, Professor Quirrell, um, who's, I think it's an understatement of the century to be like, he's an interesting dude. Yeah, that is definitely an understatement. Also, just with this introduction to him, if I were Harry, I think I'd be a little nervous that this was going to be one of my professors. He doesn't exactly... 
Exude confidence. Some, yeah. yeah. Exude um, knowledge. Yeah, which I want to talk a little bit about more in the spoiler section. Absolutely. Um, but you're right. Uh, he comes off as a, just a very interesting character. Um, but yeah, it's always interesting when a professor feels do the need to come up to you. Do you mention the fact that he's wearing a turban in the introduction? I don't think they do. It's such a shame. I don't think they do. Usually she's so descriptive on first yeah, meetings, and this true. one she was very, like, low-key on. Very, yeah, really all they focus on is the stutter. They described Tom, for gosh. Say, I mean, <laughs> she really got into a description of what Tom looked like. Anyway, um, yes, uh, it's, and they described one of the patrons coming over and shaking his hand, like, 50 times. Doris Crockford. Doris yes. Crockford. Mr. Just kept Crockford. coming back for more. Um, so yeah, it was an interesting experience for him, because this is the first time anyone's really, other than Hagrid, sought out him in any way, shape, yeah. or form. Probably overwhelming. I could imagine that, uh, yeah, social anxiety up a couple of notches That's on fair. that. Um, and not knowing, fully understanding why. Right. He still doesn't really fully grasp that idea. Um, knowing Harry, probably feeling a little undeserving. For sure. Um, or guilty because he mm. he does know the base reason why, yeah. and it's it's not a great reason. No, that's for so, sure. So, uh, you know, and that's a constant struggle that he that he has, but um, which we can get into later. Yes. Um, but anyway, the entrance to Diagon Alley is, or at least from the pub, is one of those special moments mm. of. Magic, and it's such a simple moment. It's just a couple of taps of bricks. Yes. And it opens up into this scene. Um, and I think Harry describes it as he wishes he had like eight sets of eyes. Yes. Just so he could see everything, which sets the stage for your imagination to just go crazy and figure out like what might he be seeing, who might he be seeing, um, creatures and people alike. Um, and all the all that you would just think only belongs in a fantasy novel mm -hmm. or fairy tale stories. All of a sudden, real life in front of him. And it just gives another example of what a muggle-born might be experiencing versus a um, kid from a prominent wizarding Not even a prominent wizarding family, just a wizarding family. Yeah. Of normalcy versus some sort of alternate reality that you never knew existed until like that very moment that you crossed that barrier. It's uh, surreal. Which it would almost make me, if I were so lucky and the wizarding world actually existed, to be a part of it, it would almost make you wish you were a muggle-born because the idea of walking into that fantastical world for the first time and taking it all in just, I mean, I can't even, it's like a little kid in a candy shop and you don't know where to look. You want to just grab it all and you can't even believe it. Yeah, it's. It, I also imagine bubbles, you know, which obviously is not a thing, but it just seems to add that extra magical. Bubbles? Part of it. Yeah, don't you just kind of like wish bubbles were floating everywhere? I feel like it would add to the magic. I have never once thought of bubbles, but I could see where you're going with it. Thanks. Appreciate it. I got you on that. I, I, I got you on that. 
not gonna leave you hanging. Uh, Thanks, friend. Yeah, got you. All the different stores, which JK does a really good job of kind of going in and out of. Yeah. Because um, you really don't need to. No, um, but it's kind of fun to just like almost name drop them. Yeah. To add in that extra little element of fantasy. She describes a lot of them very, very well, like the potions, um, emporium or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the, the smells, emporium is the owl. The, yeah. uh, no, it's the potions one. The apothecary. Yes. Uh, the smells and the, the sight of the colors of the different ingredients and things like that that she, she describes in it. Um... The bookstore, all the different books, and the, <laughs> the ones Bonds that have nothing buy. in them. <laughs> that are just invisible. Yeah, uh, that's brilliant. Um, yeah, it's it's such a good description um, that feeds that imagination of the reader um, and really locks you in. I think it's a of the chapters that we've read so far. I think it's her greatest sample of writing. Yeah. Um, where it's it just locks you in um, to this world. Um, Maybe even the first time you, as a reader, are kind of wishing you were in that place. Like, wishing it was real, wishing you could walk down those streets, which you can in Orlando. Yes, you can. I've been. Have you, Anna? I have. Multiple <sighs> times. I've only been the once, but it was, it was pretty awesome. I gotta say, it, yeah, it was pretty, it was a pretty cool experience. Most definitely. Um, and you know, it, it was a little weird to see snow top uh, when it's eighty yeah. something degrees. <laughs> that was a little uh, odd. That's true. <laughs> but other than that, great experience. Um, but yeah, we also get the first look of Green Guts. Um, mm. Which is, I think it's fair to say, a pretty important place. Most definitely. Uh, given that it's the only bank in the wizarding world. Which, yeah, I was thinking about that. How believable is that? Are we really saying that people from all over the United Kingdom only have this one place to store their money? I mean, oh, we can get in a little bit more to that in the spoiler section. Because I have yeah. answers that aren't, oh, like, appropriate for this portion. Alright, sounds good. But it might be a fun discussion. But, uh, but yes, no, that's one of the first things I thought, too. Is like, is this really the only bank? How could that possibly work? Yeah. It's one bank in an entire country. Yeah. Like, if I live, like, up in Wales or something, I don't want to have to Scotland? come down to... Like, we're, don't like, even go there. I have to go down to London to do my banking. Yeah, that yeah. seems slightly inconvenient, but with the <laughs> with the massive size of Gringotts um, and the types of vaults that they have there, where uh, I mean, it provides an extra level of security or safest place on earth. Ten levels of security or a hundred <laughs> levels of security, depending on how far you go into this thing. How old the wizarding family you are? Uh, yes, and how well off you are, and all of this good stuff. Um, so, it's a fascinating, and this is, I think, the first real interaction that Harry has with a magical Another creature, creature. Yeah. Um, who's sentient, and, uh, yes, I know, no, it was good, I just wasn't expecting it. You weren't expecting me to use a word. Awesome. An words. intelligent word, it's fine. Oh, an intelligent <laughs> word, that was it, thank you for that. 
Um, yes. The first sentient creature that Harry meets in the wizarding world. Um, who's quite gifted in magic themselves. Yes. Um, and I like the, the little poem that JK writes mm, about yes. the, uh, it's a threat. It's a, it's, it is a very, it's a very, yeah. very straightforward threat about what might happen if you decide. That might will happen. Yes. If you try. If you try and steal anything, whether it's in Volt one way, 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 way down at the end, or Volt, whatever they're up to now. Who knows? Who knows? Um, you know, whether it's a bronze nut or, you know, whatever treasure you might have. Um, who knows what could be in Green Guts? It's also exciting that it's our first mention of dragons. It is, which Harry takes note of. He's yes, like, wait. How could you not? Those are real? Yeah. I need to see that, I like, now. Um, yes. Um, yeah, it's really interesting to kind of see the... Even the cart that they have. Uh, Don't you kind of wish you could go on one? I do. You can't in Orlando. Wait, <laughs> <laughs> you just have to take it out of Orlando. <laughs> Green Gots the Ride is a very good ride it in Orlando. It is a very good ride. <laughs> um, I'm sure it is. And also more deadly. But yes, <laughs> that's true. Um, but we meet Griphook the Goblin, yes. um, who takes us down this roller coaster of um, transportation <laughs> down to the lower vaults. Um, and they stop at uh, Dumbledore's first. No, they stop at Harry's first. They go to Harry's first. And, um... Which you only need a key for. Which you only need a key for. They don't mention the number of the vault. But there is a massive amount of wealth yes. in the vault. Which begs the question... Well, I guess we can get into that in spoilers. But I'll have a spoiler question for you later in that. I'm but sure I'll have the answer. I'm sure you will. Um, because it involves James Potter. Exactly. Um, so... Um, but yeah, massive amount of wealth for Harry, which is the first time, I think he just takes a handful or a pocket full of whatever he has, and he's like, this is probably the most money that I've ever held yep, in his life. In his entire life. Um, which is, you know, pretty substantial. Uh, I do like how, and this is definitely trivia questions for all of you Harry Potter trivia nuts out there, but the, the breakdown for what the, I guess, exchange rate between the coins is. It's like, a galleon equals 17 sickles, because 17's a nice, round, Obviously even number. Easy to divide. And then 29 nuts go to a sickle. Yep. That's very, like, why couldn't it just be 30? It's very wizarding, though. The wizarding world doesn't really make anything easy. That provides for such difficult math. Yeah. Like, way tougher I mean, than doubling math. Like, do they, like, do math? <laughs> In the wizarding world, it's not like it's a subject. I don't know. They just say, like, hey, this is going to be 17 sickles and seven nuts. And yeah. then that just, like, flies out of, like, yeah. I don't know how that works. They don't have credit cards, do they? I can't imagine. No, I'm sure they don't. That's much right. too modern for the Yes, exactly. So it's like, huh, okay. Whatever. Anyway, that's a side tangent for you. Um... But it's a really nerdy one. It's a nerdy one that will show up at Harry Potter trivia. Pro tip. 
Um, Make note. Anna and I have done a few, and that question didn't come up once. So, um, so there's that. Um, I know my first impression of reading about Diagon Alley was just awe and amazement and being like, I am in on this. Yeah. Um, I really just wanted to go to the bookstore. Blast. You know what was interesting in this one is Madame Malkins, the yes. rogue shop, had a really interesting and poignant scene with an unnamed student. Yes. Um, and it is actually a pretty important scene. It says a lot about that levels. future, yeah. that student, and it says a lot about Harry. If you've read the series already, join us for spoilers when we talk about this. Um <laughs> But yeah, it's it's an important interaction. Um, it's the first interaction Harry has with a kid his age, yeah. um, with magical abilities. So he gets a taste of that world. Uh, what, not a great, not a not taste, a great yeah. first impression. Um, <clears throat> considering the kid uh, kind of slanders Hagrid pretty good. Hardcore. Yeah. Um, Slanders Hufflepuff a little bit. It also says a lot about Harry in that moment, because Harry, like, it kind of shows how proud Harry is. He didn't want to admit to the student how much he didn't know, which is probably why he let that student slander Hufflepuff, as you were about to mention. Yeah, it's an educational experience for Harry, just learning how much he doesn't know about Quidditch, about the Hogwarts houses, about how any of this works. (laughs) He should have taken note. How? Hufflepuff. It's, it's probably the only time in the entire series I agree with the unnamed student. Oh, that's ridiculous. Just saying. Just saying. Uh, we'll get into the uh, Hufflepuff Flander later. No. <laughs> later in the books. Um, but, yes, this unnamed student does not like Hufflepuff. Um, thinks he is going to be in the Slytherin house. Um doesn't mention the other two houses, I don't believe. No. So... Hagrid has to explain those, I believe, later on to Harry. Yeah. So we get a, we get a little sneak peek at two of the houses. Um, but that's an important interaction, and the other important interaction takes place at the wand shop. That's a big one. It's a massive one. Yeah. Um, Hollander <laughs> kind of comes off a little creepy. Is he not? Just a little. A little weird. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. A little eccentric. Uh, To the point, and this is one of the things that actually throughout the whole series I find really interesting, Harry's not sure he even likes Ollivander. Like, he clearly states by the end, he doesn't think he likes him. And that's because he just comes off as creepy, and I have a couple of thoughts about why, but it might be better mentioned in the spoiler section. Yeah. um, The thing I find amazing about Ollivander, and I guess it's your first real peek at specialists in the Harry Potter world. Um, The magical world. Yes. Um, But Ollivander has this like, it's uh, photographic memory does not even do it justice. It's like, (laughs) it is beyond perfection because he has well over 50 years, well over I'm sure it's got to be more than that. Yeah, well over 50 years of literally remembering every wand he ever ever sold. And I'm not just talking about what wood the wand is. I'm not talking about what core the wand is. I'm not even talking about that combo. 
I'm talking about like he remembers rigidity, flexibility, like who he sold it to, who he sold it to, what traits it particularly had, what what that traits. person did with it. Yes, um, it's, and I think it's your first sneak peek into like there's an extra magic there. Yeah. It's like an extra surreal, and I don't even know that they themselves are aware of it. No, but I'm... it's like this extra imbued power, I guess. Yeah, I think Wanlore as a whole throughout the series just has a lot of extra magic around it. Like you said, a lot of people don't know a lot about it. Even the people who are specialists in it and have that extra knowledge, that extra magic still don't understand That's everything true. about it. They're still learning a lot about it. And Ollivander's family has been in the business since 382 B.C. Which is another BC. trivia question for you out there, because we had that one as well. <laughs> 382 B.C. I mean, that's just crazy. Uh, it's a long time. Um, it's, it's kind of crazy to think about, and crazier to think about that Ollivander has this, and I'm sure his... Trying to imagine what Ollivander's shot must have looked like back in those BC days. Yeah, so Ollivander's was an interesting kind of experience with him. Ollivander kind of goes over and tells Harry about all of these wands and quickly tells him, no, that's not right for you, no, that's not right for you. And then when one does finally shoot some sparks out, and he gets that warm, tingly feeling yes. in his fingertips... Do you remember what color the sparks are? Red and gold. Yeah. Shocking, considering what happens later. Um, so, um, Ollivander then goes into the history of that wand, which has a specifically um, foreshadowing history, maybe? I feel like you can't even possibly foreshadow. Yes, it is foreshadowing I mean, I, I how like important Ollivander it's going himself to be. Is like, you know it's going to be an important fact. This is a But I feel like you can't possibly even begin to guess that's true. what that importance is going to be. That's true. But I just, I can't get over like Ollivander's going like, oh, this wand. See, I can't get over great things. Great, great but terrible things were done with that wand. That's an ominous quote. Um... I think that's what brings in Harry not liking him. Because I feel like at the end of the day, what Ollivander cares about is not good or bad. And again, that's like, he doesn't care about Harry wielding that wand. He doesn't care about who's wielding that other wand. He cares about the magic that is accomplished. And so I feel like Harry... Magic that had never been done before. Yes. Um, Like... Objectively, Impressive, an accomplishment. Powerful yes, magic. Yeah, which is the great part. Um, you know, but yeah, terrible, terrible, terrible things. So, and now you made Harry feel terrible that his wand is now associated, even tangentially, with the wand that kills parents. <laughs> yes. Um, I I get the feeling like Ollivander. I don't think he means to be that way. I think he's trying to be in his own unique way comforting or informational or whatever and it just comes off as so bad uh, but yeah. good effort um good try you know a lot that's good um so um needless to say it's a very 
action-packed, full uh, day in... um, We haven't even talked about the fact that Harry gets his first run from Hagrid. Yeah, oh, I love this because I I also have... (laughs) One of my first memories of Harry Potter was like, I really want a snowy owl. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good first memory. I really want one. They're awesome. Um, they are. I mean, just forget Harry Potter. They're just really cool. They're a really <laughs> cool animal. Just saying. They're beautiful animals. They um, are beautiful, yes. <laughs> um, but, yes, the fact that they're in... So, I mean, obviously, you get the choice. You have... You have owl... Cat or toad? Yeah. What? Yeah, why would you not pick owl? And Hagrid mentions it. It's. It's. Well, I guess he mentions it in a, in a context of it's trending right now. <laughs> he does. Because oh, wow. the toad was not trending no. at the moment. Uh, which, kudos to Hagrid for being on the down low yeah. on that. Like, man, he's tapped into the culture. Like, good for him. He's, he's got this down. Um, but um, but no, it's functional, too. It's like, okay. yes, it looks pretty. Useful. But yes, it's it's dead useful in that it literally delivers your mail. Um, which, kudos to J.K. Rowling on that creativity. Yeah, so, I like it. I guess it's an upgrade over a carrier pigeon. Can you imagine if they had pigeons instead? <laughs> no. How deflating that would be? That would be the worst. <laughs> also an upgrade over the United States Postal System. That's true. Well, except for big packages. Can you imagine, like, 50, like, owls trying to deliver, like, some big package? <laughs> well, like, I mean, it happens eventually in the series. Like, I Do you have to special order the owls for that? Because it's obviously more than your own owl. Do you have to, like... Well, remember when you go to Elop's Owl Emporium, there are, like, owls there that you can, like, hire to carry your package. Okay. So this is like a whole other like side hustle that they got going on. Okay. That's that's good. I'm just now picturing like an owl. Well, I guess we get there and later <laughs> in the books of owls trying to carry things and not going well. Yeah, I was just going to say, I feel like we're jumping out of ourselves. Yeah, we are. We um, haven't met that owl yet. Owls are awesome, though. But if you'd rather take a cat or take a toad, let us know why. Um, <laughs> Please be thorough in your explanation. Not that they're not great. But yeah, some great characters why. have toads. Some great characters have cats too. So uh, not Mrs. Fig though. All great characters, but just <laughs> Mrs. Fig. Too many. <laughs> she has too many. Uh, they tripped her. She was oh, on crutches. We didn't even talk about that. Her poor injury. Anyway, getting off topic again. <laughs> this is a good time for us to pause. Yeah. yeah. Pause. Re-gather. Reset ourselves, yeah. and uh, we'll be back with some spoilers after this. Alright, we are back with the Chapter 5 Diagon Alley spoilers. So, again, if you haven't read um, past Chapter 5 of Sorcerer's Stone, or Philosopher's Stone, depending on where you were reading this book, or what version you have, um, please stop here and join us again for the next chapter. If you have read everything, um, then we are going to drop some spoilers on you, so stay tuned. Uh, what do you want to start with? 
feel like it's good to start with Professor Quirrell. Fair enough. Um, the one really interesting tidbit that Haggard drops on Quirrell, or about Quirrell, is that he was once a very, very competent and intelligent um, student. I, when he was going through school, when he and was... And teacher. And teacher. And then he took this time off and went to uh, Eastern Europe, right? The forests in Eastern Europe. Albania. Albania. Yes. Um, and after that trip, just came back not the same. Uh, more nervous, more um, twitchy, more... Stuttery. Yeah. And I thought it was interesting because it's something that I forget about because you think of Quirrell and you think of the stammering, nervous wreck that he is all the time. And you don't ever think of him as being, like, an actual academic. Like, an actual, like, competent wizard who knows what he's talking about and... Kind of makes you wish you could have known him... A little bit, yeah. ...before. It'd be an interesting thing. So, I just found it interesting how Hagrid was just dropping that little background on him yep. that I think is important because it's a really nice character detail. Mm-hmm. Um, that and gets it's setting him over. up to be very unassuming. Someone you would trust because Hagrid vouched for him before. He was very knowledgeable. He was very confident. And then whatever happened to him, he just became this nervous wreck. You kind of feel like he's a non-threat. Yes. Why should he be teaching Defense Against the Dark Arts? Okay, now, big spoilers. We spoil a little bit, but now it's big <laughs> spoilers. Um, so if you haven't read this book, you should really, really pause. The other interesting part about that interaction is he's currently possessed at that point, correct? Yeah, absolutely. So He is not just himself. He is not. He is uh, carrying a passenger with him. He's carrying a passenger. Yeah. That's a nice way of putting <laughs> Riding it. Riding shotgun with Quirrell, all right? And, um, it, again, it's big spoilers. It's Voldemort. It's a part of Voldemort. <laughs> it is. Uh, yeah. Voldemort. Voldemort. However you said it. In the There's first just book. no T. That's all it is. Voldemort. Voldemort. Interesting. Boldy. Is riding shotgun on Quirrell. Or in Quirrell? Whatever. In Quirrell. In he Quirrell, is, yes. He is possessed Quirrell. Anyway, to my also, point. <laughs> famous favorite spoiler about the fact that Quirrell is carrying around Boldy. Fred and George basically throwing snowballs at Voldemort. It happens in yes. this book. I love it. Anyway. <laughs> um... I admire greatly the low-key nature of Voldy in this because he's literally... He's there the whole time. He's shaking hands with the one that led to his downfall. You don't think he's like, kill kill him now, just do it now. Like, he must be... Now here's a question, though. Has he actually possessed Quirrell by that point? Because, again, spoiler, at the end of the book, when Quirrell touches Harry and he is 
He is possessed. Voldy is sticking out of the back of his head. Oh, that's true. He burns a little bit. And he can't stand to, to touch Harry. It literally kills him. So is Quirrell possessed? Is that why there's no mention of the turban? Is he maybe not that's wearing it? And he is true. maybe not Hey, folks, yet. this is a spoiler section, and we don't remember the exact answer. <laughs> so read along with us when we find out and go, oh, yeah, well, duh. Okay. Um, fun times. Uh, no, I don't remember the, ex- but he obviously ran in because Voldemort exiled to Albania at some point to Right, and that's where he time. found, right. Um, which is where he ran into Quirrell. So they, yeah, they had so contact they before this yes. point. Oh yeah, absolutely. So it's whether or not he's they, actually in possession of Quirrell or not at this Right, at, at that this exact moment. Uh, I'm pulling out my book. We'll continue talking while I double check. Fair enough. So, uh, we are going to the details just for you folks. Grasping Harry's hand. All right, yeah. here we go. Potter stammered Professor Quirrell, grasping Harry's hand. Can't tell you how pleased I am to meet you. So, yeah, there is definitely skin-to-skin contact. Hmm. Well, well, that thoughts. interesting. Listeners. Yeah, give us Bring some thoughts on. on that. Um... It'll be an interesting uh, moment when we actually get to later in the book and figure out what yeah. exactly is the timeline. He's just an interesting character, and I feel like he gets glossed over a lot, especially yeah. as you get through the books, and there's other Defense Against the Dark Arts teachers mm-hmm. or other teachers in general that come in and out of Harry's life. And um, What I like to go back to Quarrel on is, um, so in the same chapter, Hagrid has a line about um, how there's not a single dark wizard that hasn't come from Slytherin House. And Quirrell is one, again, spoiler section, if you don't remember, Quirrell is a dark wizard that came, that did not come from Slytherin House. He was a Ravenclaw. And that's kind of going back to how he used to be an academic. He was just this logical book smart teacher that kind of got ruined and led down the dark path. It also, it's important to realize, like, yes, he's overlooked a lot by his peers and by other people and by students, um, but at his core, it's not like he lost that intelligence. No. Uh, he still has that. He still has he that edge. at the end he definitely still has that edge. Yeah. But I don't even know if Voldemort is strong enough at that point. To exist on his own without possessing Quirrell. True. And this was obviously his way into... Great Britain. Great Britain yeah. and into Hogwarts. Yeah. And um, so... Getting the social strong. Yeah, that is a good point, though, about the contact. And it didn't mention, like, a glove or any, like, protective no. covering. Huh. It definitely specifically mentions they shake... Maybe... Because in the movie, he specifically does not shake Harry's hand. That's true. That's true. Maybe he doesn't shake his hand. Man. Details. Details. So, obviously, Quirrell is a very important part <laughs> of the story. story in this book. And, uh, like I said, I think he gets overlooked quite often in the whole mix of things. Because yeah. uh, I think he gets left by the wayside a lot. Um, but... Hey, gotta love Dallas Diggle getting his shots in. God bless him. Um, you just love Dallas Diggle so much. I love that he's so early in these books, and then, like you said, he disappears yep. for many, many books. Many years. 
Uh, yeah, he's, he's for a while. Um, he keeps that top hat, though. Oh, that's great. Um, the books that Harry gets is obviously interesting as one of the future movies um, is based off of with Fantastic Beasts uh, and Where to Find Them yes. and, and written Weird. by Newt Scamander. Love them. So, um, there's some obviously a history of magic by Bethilda Bagshot. Also a big player a big... in future. So there's there's some there's some shots. Um, Hogwarts, oh, a history. Is that actually on the list, or is that it just wasn't. something here? Hermione. I think reads? it was just something that Hermione reads on her own. That's Hermione. Um, but Hogwarts, a podcast, should be on your listening list always. Um, but yeah, so it's really. It's an interesting book list, and it got me thinking, like, especially knowing some of the teachers, like Snape, for example, who's mm-hmm. so self-confident in his own uh, potion, potion skills. Sure. It's like, what book is he reading that he's like, yes, this one is sufficient to my level of potion. You know what I'm saying? It's true. Like, I never considered that until reading the book list and being like, I wonder if Snape, like, read the book and was just like, yep, this is about right, or... Gosh, this is terrible. I would never... This is the closest thing to acceptable I can find. <laughs> right! Like, what is his thought process between picking books? It's actually kind of shocking he didn't just write his own. I know, right? Yeah. But, you know, whatever. It's, it's, Snape is an interesting one. Well, he's still young in, in this part, right? Because he's yeah, he the is... same age as James and Lily. Yeah, so he's so he... 32. Very young. For a professor at Hogwarts? And he's been a professor there for a minute. And he has <laughs> so, indeed. He has indeed. It's not like he just got the gig. So, I mean, that's impressive. Um, and, you know, uh, hopefully you've read the entire series. And you know why? <laughs> Going back to Dumbledore pulling strings on a lot of things. Um, why he's keeping Snape so close. But And why he's keeping Snape as the potions professor instead of other... Indeed. Which <laughs> makes you wonder, like, man, Dumbledore must be a vindictive dude. Just, like, <laughs> oh, totally. <laughs> like, totally. How many of these people have he, does he have, like, vendettas against where he's like, I need something bad to happen to you. <laughs> I mean, spoiler, Chamber of Secrets, Gilderoy Lockhart. Except that okay, well, that makes one. me sad thinking, why did he give Lupin the job then? Because he knew he couldn't last anyway. <sighs> Lupin He's never going to be able to last. He could have in a better world. I love Lupin. Werewolf spoiler. Werewolf like. <laughs> that's, like. that's a delayed spoiler alert. <laughs> I just, I love him. That's an aggressive issue. I love him. He is my second favorite marauder. I love Lupin marauder. too. I love Lupin. But, well, you only have four of them. So, I mean. <laughs> I know. He's in my top five favorite characters. You better be in your top three. I'll tell you that much. I just think it's rare for a person to appreciate Lupin more than Sirius Black. Fangirls out there love Sirius Black. Am I wrong? No. She answered her own question, but feel free to answer it anyway. If you are a girl and you hate Sirius Black, let us know. I um, didn't say you hate him. Stop putting words in my mouth. Moving on. Okay. Well, he's clearly a distant third. 
but I'm hoping he's a distant third from fourth. That's for sure. So, That's for sure. Okay. At least we're on the same page there. Um, yeah. Uh, folks, uh, we will have Anna again for sure talking about Marauders because it's definitely her thing. So, yes. Uh, speaking of which, from book three, I literally have my laptop on a Marauders map at the moment. So, because, <laughs> you know, nerds. So... But I think that pretty much covers everything that we can possibly talk about about Diagon Alley, other than it shows up multiple, multiple times throughout the series. Well, I think we wanted to at least point out the importance of a specific Gringotts fault. Oh, right. Oh, jeez. Yeah. um, Could possibly play a bit of an importance. Before we get to that, quickly mention that the unnamed student, Draco... What a what a way to meet What a way to meet Draco, Draco Malfoy. Yeah. yeah. That is a wonderful first impression I, of Yeah. yeah a, Quote unquote uh, wonderful. Yeah, a major major character. Again. The introduction of Draco Malfoy, only time I'll ever agree with him in the series. I don't know why she has such a vendetta against Hufflepuffs, which we will discuss in much more detail as soon as we can get a sorting ceremony going on here soon, mm. which a couple of chapters Let's away. Let's do it. But, uh, yeah, we'll get there and it'll be fun and uh, we might throw down, but that's fine. <laughs> um, so getting back to what she was saying uh, about Vault 713, 713, um, the Dumbledore Hogwarts Vault? Unclear of which it is. Actually, I it could also be a Flamel Vault. Spoiler. Could also be a Nicholas Flamel scientist wizard. <laughs> wizard scientist? Philosopher? It's a sorcerer. Renaissance man. <laughs> that lived during the Renaissance yeah. and still living. Literally. Um, so, uh, yeah, small package that can be easily held in the hand. And the book is called Sorcerer's Stone, I believe, or Philosopher's I think Stone. So. Something like that. Wonder what that package is. Um,. So, I don't know. No? I don't know? No? Okay. Well, that's another thing that we'll have to find along with what happened to Quirrell. So, (laughs) stay tuned with us. Yeah, Gripcook has this interesting, like, it's not a key, it's a specific goblin. Only a Gringotts goblin. Password kind of thing. And then, um, if you're not one and you try it, you get sucked into the vault. And they check them every 10 years. 10 years. Uh, and he was like, oh, that's... Sucks for you. That's cool. Man, I'd never want to be in one of these vaults. Ever. Would I ever try and break into one? I don't never. think so. Never, never. That'd be dumb. Never say never. So, um, and we'll be entering an interesting moment uh, soon in the book um, where someone does attempt to try such a such a brazen attempt. I wonder who that someone is. So, Filch? No? It's Diggle. Obviously. Diggle. Okay, we've decided it's that's Dale Stiggle. That's why we keep bringing him up. That's why he keeps getting brought up. Uh, that I'm sorry, that's probably the biggest point. He's going to put the stone under the top hat. That's a great hiding spot. Except when he tips it all the time. Except um, it could be in the top hat. It could. There you go. We got, we got it figured out. We don't have Quirrell figured out, but we got that figured out. <laughs> So come back and join us for when we actually figure out who tried 
this feels extra stone going forward. Um, I'm hoping you're enjoying this. We're having fun. Absolutely. This is episode five. It's bloody brilliant. Chapter five, Diagon Alley. We're going to go into chapter six next week. Please come and join us. Follow us on the Twitter at Hogwarts a pod. Follow me on my Twitter at Daniel underscore Allen 44. If you're so inclined, I am at AC underscore Solger. She is always up for any kind of Harry Potter debate. Truth. Uh, one way to get her really riled up is say James Potter is the worst character of Harry Potter. I'm not talking to you. Twitter war. <laughs> and with that, um, we'll say thanks for listening, and uh, we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to Hogwarts, a podcast. If you like what you've heard, please click the subscribe button on your preferred podcasting app and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Hogwarts Apod.